Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello there, and welcome back to the Schools of Excellence podcast. So this is the fourth episode in our five-part series on the Pyramid of Excellence, which is our proprietary process of building and sustaining your school of excellence. So we started off with a broad overview of what the Pyramid of Excellence is all about. And then we dove into the first stage of the Pyramid of Excellence, which is survival. Last week, we spoke about disordered. And this week, we're talking about integrated. And the integrated phase in the Pyramid of Excellence is a really crucial phase for the school's development and the school leader's development. This is where school leaders must really balance the growth and expansion that they're experiencing, whether that's growth and expansion with multiple location, growth and expansion with more numbers, growth and expansion with higher enrollment, growth and expansion with brand reputation or retention, whatever that is with growth and expansion, they need to be able to do that while maintaining the quality of education and the foundations of their school. And so in today's episode, we're really going to dive into some of the practical tips and insights for navigating this very complex stage, because this is where school leaders typically spend the vast majority of their career. And so we really want to create longevity, long-term success when they're in this stage. We'll talk about some of the strategies for building a high-performing team, improving academic performance, and maintaining really great collaborative school culture while avoiding staff burnout and turnover. Um, We're also going to delve into understanding that at this stage of the integrated phase in building your school of excellence, you're going to have some natural turnover. And what I mean by natural turnover is as you move out of foundations, out of survival, out of disordered, the leader is going to have a much better understanding of their company values, of their company vision, of where they're going as a direction in the school. Uh, One of the trainings that we have in between uh, survival and disordered 
before you move into the disordered phase is our training on values-based leadership, really understanding how do you take your company values and really embed them into the decision-making, the culture, the matrix of the way you operate. And so by the time you get to integrate it, you're going to start realizing there are certain people that are not aligned with the values with the company. And so there is actually good, healthy turnover that will happen in the integrated phase. What I mean by healthy turnover is people that you are choosing to intentionally transition out of the company because they're not aligned with where you're heading. So this isn't a mass exodus or turnover where staff are burnt out, they're tired, they don't like the culture, and so they're leaving. This is the intentional decision of recognizing that this person is probably not going to take you into the next evolution of the company. Great cultures and great businesses that are evolving, scaling, and growing will have a percentage of healthy turnover because it means that the company is growing, right? If everyone's always staying with you year after year after year, you don't have any turnover whatsoever, that's not the sign of a healthy culture either, right? There's a balance. Um, So healthy turnover will typically happen in this stage of the company. So let's talk about the integrated phase. And what are some of the kind of common denominators that will happen inside of this phase? So in this phase, you're really, the school leaders really focusing on developing uh, the strategic plan for the next phase, partnerships, parent partnerships and strategic alliances, improving operational efficiencies, training and leadership development, the next evolution of clarifying roles and responsibilities, and creating higher level infrastructure for one-on-ones, classroom observations, and teacher development. So why am I saying this? Well, what happens a lot is we clarify roles and responsibilities inside of the survival phase, right? You're like, okay, who does what? What's happening here? And then you evolve into the next phase and you start moving and you come to the integrated phase and you're like, one second, why is everyone unclear again about the roles and responsibilities? Why do I need to do this again? Well, when you get to the integrated phase, because there's going to be nat- some natural turnover, there's also going to be some healthy tension inside of the org chart, meaning some people are ready to start phasing out of their roles, are ready for promotions. Some people have kind of battle tested their specific role and they're like, mm, I don't know that this is really the right seat for me. And so because you're going to have a restructuring of the org chart, you also need to do a clarifying of roles and responsibilities. In the roles and responsibilities clarification will also be your new reporting system. So what happens a lot is a lot of leaders are looking for KPIs, metrics, and dashboards that they want to create so they can hold their teams accountable. But in the survival and the disordered phase, that is not what you're supposed to be focusing on. In the survival and disordered phase, accountability is going to come from one focus. Do what you say you're going to do. Period. End of statement. If you say that you're going to sit down and do a one-on-one, do the one-on-one. If you say you're going to sit down and you, I don't know, if you're going to put on this event or you're going to run a meeting at a certain time, do what you say you're going to do and hold people accountable to their word. Create word as bond inside of your organization. That is the highest form of accountability that you want to be creating in the survival and disordered phase. We move too quickly into complex dashboards and metrics because it looks really cool and it looks fancy and other people are doing it. You cannot upkeep a metrics dashboard when you do not know how to keep your word. 
Okay, I'm going to say that again. You cannot upkeep a metrics dashboard or KPIs, key performance indicators, if you do not know how to keep your word to yourself. This is why in the survival and disordered phase, we work so hard on personal leadership habits. You need to know how to keep your own word. What does that mean? When you put something on your calendar and you say that you're going to run a one-on-one and you don't because you give an excuse of, well, I had to be called into ratio. Well, this one came. Well, this one came. And you give all the excuses under the sun. You are not ready to hold anyone accountable because you can't hold yourself accountable. This isn't judgment. This isn't blame. This is reality check, right? Facts don't care about your feelings. These are the facts. The facts are that you are in a season of life where you are struggling with self-accountability and self-leadership. You cannot give to others what you cannot give to yourself. So when you get to the integrated phase and in the integrated phase, you've built the leadership habits and you've built an environment that supports your ability to be self-disciplined, to honor your word. Now you're ready to hold people accountable at a completely different level because you know how to hold yourself accountable. What is self-accountability? I'm going to say it one more time. Honoring your word, keeping your word. So, so many times leaders will tell me, I'm such an honest person. I have so much integrity. Of course I keep my word. I'm like, yeah. When someone says, hey, can you bring, you know, cookies to the potluck? You'll bring the cookies to the potluck. But when there's a time block on your calendar that says self-care or says leave work at three o'clock to go be at the kid's baseball game or says go do the massage, you decide, no, that doesn't really need to be honored. That's called not honoring your word. That is called not keeping yourself accountable. And until you know how to keep your word and honor what's on your calendar, you cannot hold people accountable on your team at the level that you're looking to do that. So in the integrated phase in schools of excellence, we are hyper-focused on assessing, okay, are you disciplined enough to hold other people accountable? Do you have personal leadership habits for yourself so you can do this for other people? Because only then are we ready to introduce these other concepts of teacher development, of six performance keys, of classroom observations, of higher level performance reviews. None of those things are going to land and you're not going to implement any of those things long term or sustainably if you can't hold yourself accountable. So There's a lot of diagnostic tools that we give inside of the integrated phase, such as the six performance keys, which are the six keys that every teacher needs to master to be a teacher of excellence. The four forces diagnostic. These are the four forces of being a director of excellence. These are two diagnostics that live inside of our program that we encourage our leaders to run every 90 days, these assessments, or at least twice a year. And this helps the leaders understand what is the state of the union inside my organization, right? What is the state of affairs? What is actually happening? Not from a biased anecdotal approach, but data-driven. You're not ready to run data-driven culture analysis when you're in survival. Please remember, the reason I created the Pyramid of Excellence is because when you follow the roadmap and you follow the process of what to do in every single stage, of what systems to build, what habits to build, how to design your environment, what kind of personal habits you need, the mindset you need at each stage of the pyramid, That's how you build long-term sustainable growth and legacy. 
When you don't do those things, you will consistently play shoots and ladders inside of your company. You will climb up and you will slide right back down. You will climb up, you will slide right back down. You will rarely get a chance to stay on top of the slide for more than a week. And I see this again and again and again. People win leadership awards, best school awards, all these things only to fly right back down the mountain a week later or even three days later. And when I mean fly right down the mountain, the owner is literally in ratio now. That's how high their turnover hit after hitting such a huge milestone. Boom, they're back in the classroom, right? Forget about like all the other things that are going crazy. And so much of this happens is because we're not following the sustainable approach to building excellence inside of the organization. So this stage requires patience, discipline, accountability, right? This is a rewarding stage where you're really building infrastructure and team. So the mindset in this stage is trust, humility, and delegation. Trust, humility, and delegation. You've got to trust the team, right? You need to give them permission to make decisions. You need to know how to delegate so you're not falling into the boomerang effect where you delegate and then it comes right back onto your plate and humility because if you really want to build sustainable legacy and you want to be the CEO of your company you want to be the owner and the leader you need to trust that you're going to hire people that are smarter than you in the area of expertise that they're leading and so that requires a lot of humility to step back and say teach me Tell me what we could do here better. How do we run this piece of software better? How do we run a lead generation system better? How do we build this better opportunity for our staff? Humility, leaning into curiosity. This has been one of the most challenging learning curves for me as a leader, really stepping in and practicing empathy, humility, and curiosity. And every time I do it, I'm always grateful, but it is so hard. It is so hard to do because we built the business. And you're very smart and you're very wise and you're very gritty and you know to do things yourself. And what got you here is all of those things, but it's never the thing that's going to get you to the next level. So let's talk about some other areas that we need to work on. As you're building this infrastructure, right? A natural byproduct of that is reducing bottlenecks and improving operational efficiency, So one of the things that I did inside of my organization when our company reached the integrated phase, essentially, of business is I hired fractional COO or operationals consultant, whatever you want to call it, to come in. And her goal was really to come in and remove me as a core bottleneck inside of the business. And it's interesting because someone was actually asking me, you know, how come you hired someone to come in? You know, you teach schools how to do this. It doesn't matter. I could teach schools how to build this level of infrastructure and our system works. The bottom line is I have my own biases. I have my own insecurities. I have my own ego. I have my own hangups. I have all my own stuff that exists inside of my head. And I'm wise enough to know that I'm not beyond human flaws. And so I need someone to come in and hold me accountable and show me where I'm being a bottleneck inside of my business. You cannot read the label when you're inside the bottle. 
So even though I can consult on this with other school leaders, that's because I'm not inside the bottle. I am this objective outside approach. But when I'm trying to do this inside of my own organization, I need someone to come in and support me and help me do this. Even just from a mindset perspective, when I start spiraling of like one second, like I just delegated this massive thing, I need someone to lean on. This is why I created Schools of Excellence and the community. We have the training, which is our pyramid of excellence, which we're talking about now. But the community, the ability to reach out to other people, our guest mentors, our experts, our advisory board. This is why I designed this, because you're not supposed to do life alone. You're not supposed to build something as hard as building a business by your freaking self. You're supposed to do it with other people. You're supposed to link arms with other people and recognize that you are human, which means you are fallible, which means you have flaws, which means you will make mistakes, which was why we need mentors and coaches and guides to come in and show us, hey, this is where you're being a core bottleneck, removing operationally um, you know, inefficiencies. One of the ways that we were really inefficient inside of the company was the way we were communicating on a daily basis around how our clients were doing. One of our top values inside of Schools of Excellence is legendary service. And we have multiple ways of how we define legendary service. But one of the ways is client care, how our clients are feeling and where they're holding in the roadmap in their stages of growth inside of the success journey. And the way that we were communicating was a little inefficient. We were communicating too frequently. And the way that the modality that we had chosen to communicate was not optimal to get faster results, right? Like the way we were communicating was kind of, we would go round robin too many times, or we would make a decision and then come back and retract it. It just wasn't efficient. And so she came in and that was the first thing she recognized. And she's like, I'd like to propose this new communication plan and the way that you guys stay in touch and how your clients are doing. We implemented that immediately. 60 days later, when she checked in with all of us and said, you know, what's been the big win of the last 60 days? Every single one of us said that was the biggest win. The inefficiencies of communication have gone down so significantly that one of our team members is actually like, she's like, sometimes I'm like, one second, is something wrong that we're not communicating so often? Like what's happening? And I'm like, no, we're choosing a different modality. This is your role as the CEO, as the leader inside of the integrated phase is recognize that you are a core bottleneck in the next evolution of the company. And inviting someone in to assess that is some of the best investments of time and money that you can make inside of this season. Some of the other infrastructure that you're looking to build are the different systems that we recommend building, which is your parent attraction system, your parent retention system, your school brand system, brand retention and brand reputation are what's going to get you to the aligned legacy phase. Brand retention. Okay, I'll explain for a moment what brand retention is. So many times parents will leave a school, right? Whether that's because their child phased out or they moved or they can no longer afford it during the season or their usual means of commuting and carpooling now are no longer available to them. Grandma moved away, whatever. There's a million reasons. But during the time that the parent was engaging in your brand, in your school, they had a phenomenal experience. And so even when they left, that parent holds a percentage of your brand retention because 
If someone else asks her about her experience, she's going to speak positive about your company. Or she might have another child coming down the line and she chooses to send her next child to your center. That's brand retention. Or she moves to a new location. She moves somewhere else. And you guys actually happen to have a location there, right? You have a branch there. And she's like, oh, of course I'm going to send my child there. And she doesn't choose the school that's across the street. She chooses your school that's maybe five miles away. But you've created a brand retention with this parent that even though she moved to a different state where you have another location, she's like, I have to send to this company, right? I, I have a connection with this brand. Designing your brand retention system, your parent attraction system, your parent retention system. These are things that we build inside of the integrated phase in schools of excellence. So the thing that we need to understand is clients who are with us for extended periods of time, and most of our clients stay with us for anywhere between two and a half to five years, many of them even longer than that. We have clients that have been with us longer than five years. In their time with us, right? Sometimes they're working super hard within the roadmap, right? They're building a specific system. Sometimes they're in a season of survival. So they're back inside there. We're supporting them through that phase. Sometimes they're back in a season of abundance and now they have capacity to build the next evolution, their next system. The point is to remember you're always building systems, right? Part of the pyramid of excellence infrastructure is there's three things that you're always working on no matter the stage of the pyramid. Leadership, systems and communication. You're always going to be improving your communication. You're always going to be building new systems and infrastructure, and you're always going to be working on your leadership. There's no mastery in leadership. There's no top of the mountain. There's no summit that tells you, yes, you've mastered leadership. You're amazing. I watched a master class from Coach K, who coached for over 45 years, I think, in the NBA and, you know, right before he retired, he did this master class, and he was talking about how he's 75 years old and 75 years in, he's like, I still have so much to learn about leadership. So if you're listening to this and you're younger than 75, we definitely have so much more to learn about leadership. I know I am constantly a student of leadership, constantly learning and getting my hands on whatever I can and how I could be a better, more empathetic, more kind, more articulate leader. And if you're older than 75 and you're listening to this, please send me a private message. I'd love to know who you are. But seriously, I'd actually love to know who you are and would love to know what's specifically resonating in this podcast on leadership. So let's continue here. We're doing a lot of realignment of vision and mission in this phase as well. So let me walk you through some of the kind of core pieces of training and content that we have inside of the integrated phase. A big part that we have inside of here is the priority matrix. So, or the Eisenhower matrix, if you're familiar with that. So in the integrated phase, because you've built strong foundations, you're going to get a lot of opportunity. Okay, I'm going to say that again. In the integrated phase, because you've built a certain success track, you're going to get a lot of opportunity coming knocking. That doesn't mean you're supposed to take action on every single opportunity. Some opportunities are really nice, but they're a distraction. Some opportunities are very profitable and they will pay you very well, but they're still a distraction from your mission. So I'll give you an example. Two weeks ago, at the time of this recording of this podcast, 
So I'm recording this in kind of mid-May. So this came kind of end of April time. And I got two separate speaking inquiries. One was from a big organization in New York. They run a huge college and kind of post-seminary program. And another was from a similar organization, big college and post-seminary program in California. And each of them wanted to invite me to come speak at their event that they're hosting. And they were each ready to pay a significant amount of money, not what I typically charge when I go do leadership days or things like that, but it was pretty good pay. It was going to be lucrative. And I had to sit with that because both of those things, while they were paying very well, right, and it would be a really nice, quick cash injection into the business, neither of those organizations are about the brand that I'm looking to build right now, right? No one in that audience would be school leaders of child cares, right? Or, or school owners. So I would really be coming to speak at that audience to get paid, which again, it's very nice to get paid. I am not dismissing making money or getting paid. However, when you hit a certain stage of business, you have to know how to say no to certain opportunities, even when you're going to get paid well. Because what we have to understand is, right, let me walk you through my decision-making process. And this is such a critical part of the integrated phase of leadership. In order for me to go and speak at that place, right, let's say I didn't choose the California one. Let's say I chose the New York one, which is a little bit closer, a little less taxing. That's three days of work away from the company, right? It's a day Vera flying. I speak, and then it's a day of recovery. So that's three days. So that's half a week that I'm not working on my business. That's just to deliver the speech. I have to prepare for the speech, right? I don't just walk on stage and dilly-dally my way through a talk. Preparing for a talk is several weeks of mind space. So we have to get on a call. That's a 45-minute call. So now I've taken 45 minutes away from my company. And so I meet with them, right? I would have to meet with them. We would decide on, you know, what do you want me to talk about? Who's the audience, et cetera. Then I have to build out my talk. I don't build out my talk in one sitting, right? I build out my talk over several weeks because my talk is always timely. So while I'm writing a speech, whatever I'm looking at, conversations that I'm having, whatever's in my sphere of influence is look through the lens of that talk. So I'm dedicating hours and hours of my precious brain space to this talk. That's a lot to say yes to when I'm in this season of business, right? And those were two opportunities because all of the hours that I'm dedicating headspace to this talk, the hour of the intake call, the three days of flying to speak there and recovery, all of that is time that I am not using on propelling my business forward, on propelling schools of excellence forward, right? Because their talk is not aligned with where I'm going. It's a distraction, right? It's someone who heard me speak somewhere and was like, oh, you're a great speaker. Let us invite you to speak. I do speak at events. Many of you have heard me speak at events. I love to speak at events. I have multiple events that are coming up in the summer that I am so joyfully excited to speak at. Those are so aligned with my company and where I'm going. In the integrated phase, you must be cognizantly aware of the Eisenhower matrix. 
of the priority matrix, of the end of day optimizer, of all of these trainings that we teach on understanding how to choose your priorities. Because what happens is you're going to get opportunities. They're going to feed your ego. You're going to want to say yes to them. And it's going to derail you. It's going to derail you, which is why in survival and in foundations, we teach you the habits of how to set boundaries, how to say no, how to sit in the discomfort of someone. When I said a respectful no, she came back and she's like, could we just have like one or two calls with you? We just want to pick your brain. And I had to say no again, right? I'm like, no, you can't pick my brain for two hours. My brain is expensive. My brain is very precious. I use it for really important things. I can't just give you my brain for two hours. Right. So we really have to understand. And and again, this isn't like an ego thing of like, oh, my brain is very precious and therefore I can't give it to you. No, it's my brain is really precious to be used for the things that I want to use it for, like writing podcast content, like recording this episode, like having amazing conversations with my team, like leading coaching calls with our clients, creating content for them. That's what I want to use my brain for. Right. And so you have to really decide that in the integrated phase, in this phase of leadership. This is a huge part where you need to understand the importance of invisible and emotional labor. This is what I was just talking about before, right? All the mental load of creating a speech like that. Prioritizing and understanding self-care and your well-being to avoid burnout. In survival and disordered, you have a lot of adrenaline and momentum that drives you. When we get to the integrated phase, a lot of our leaders start to report that they're getting sick. They're getting sick, their back hurts, their joints hurt. They, you know, are not feeling as well as they don't have the same stamina. Catches up to you. Life catches up to you. And so creating a wellness routine where you're prioritizing yourself as you're building your company is life sustaining. (laughs) Another thing that we really work on inside the integrated phase is decision making. Really understanding the impact of decision-making on stakeholders, students, parents, staff, understanding values-based decision-making, how to train values-based decision-making for your admin team, which you would typically have at this stage, using data and evidence-based practices to inform decisions as well. Two other things, well, three other things that we work on here is also our teacher development plan. So this is where we work on the six performance keys. This is where we help leaders understand how to conduct regular classroom observations, provide feedback, support teachers, create a system for accountability, performance reviews, helping them understand here are the six areas that your teachers need to consistently get better at to build their school of excellence, to build our classroom of excellence. This is where we really focus on parent partnerships and retention. This is where I teach the four parent archetypes and tailor communication and engagement strategy accordingly. We work on parent-teacher conferences systems and how to build relationships. We prioritize parent care by providing resources and support for parents and really recognizing the parent partnership on student retention. And lastly, you work on conflict standards. How do you design your conflict standards? How do you outline what's acceptable behavior and not acceptable behavior? How do you communicate your conflict standards consistently to staff and stakeholders? And how do you really utilize this to address conflict in a timely and effective manner that promotes positive school culture? 
So Sheila is a client. Uh, She's in our legacy group. She's been a member for several years. And two of her directors are also inside of our directors in our circle program. And Sheila invited me to come to her school in Madison, Wisconsin, several months ago. And I did a training specifically on conflict standards. We really outlined every teacher there outlined what their boundaries are, what their morning routine looks like, and then what are their conflict standards inside of their classrooms? How are they going to communicate to each other? How are they going to resolve conflict? How are they going to work through difficult conversations? How are they going to work through difference of opinion, difference of perspective? It was a phenomenal training. Um, So that was something that we worked on because she's in the integrated phase currently. And another thing that she did back in December of 2022 is Sheila was one of the experts on our roundtable conversation. So Every once in a while inside of our membership, we run something called roundtables and we have members come on and share their specific system on a specific topic. So in December, we spoke about pay scale, teacher pay scales, bonuses and promotions. And we had five people come onto the roundtable and share what they do for their pay scale, for their bonuses, for their promotions. And Sheila uses the six performance skills, though that assessment as a tool to show teachers their progression that they can work through with their pay scale and their bonuses. So she bases it on their performance and the performance is data-driven based on the six performance keys, based on that assessment. All of this is available for you inside of the Directors Inner Circle or Owners HQ program. So again, if you're curious, if you're interested, if until now you're like, I need all of this, amazing. Click the link, apply, let's jump on a call, let's have a conversation with each other. And so Sheila's really used the six performance keys as a measure to determine the eligibility of a teacher for a raise. So let's let's wrap up here because I've been talking for a while and there's a lot that I've shared with you here. So the integrated phase, while you're focusing on expansion and growth and opportunity, you're also maintaining the quality of education and the foundations that you've built in your school. You're really building your high-performing team. You're improving academic performance. You're maintaining your positive school culture. You're avoiding burnout. You're stopping yourself from being the core bottleneck. You're building operational efficiency and structure and really, really creating that grace slide and that pathway to go into the aligned and legacy phase. So I really want to invite you, if you've been following our series until now, been following the podcast until now. And you're a school leader, you're an owner, you're a director, you're a regional director, you're an executive director, and you want this type of training, support, community, mentorship, who can be there to guide you, not just through seasons of crisis, but through seasons of abundance, through seasons of prosperity. We need mentorship in all seasons, in all the seasons that we're navigating, um, because every season presents itself its greatest opportunity and its greatest risks and threats. And so I would love to encourage you to apply can click the link in the show notes. We'll jump on a call. We'll have a right fit conversation. The right fit conversation is where I learn more about you, your school, your personal goals, your ambitions, your vision for the company. And we get clear on is schools of excellence the right fit for you in this season? Can we support you? And then you can make a decision if it's the right fit for you. So thank you so much for joining us. Click the link in the show notes. And I hope you join us next week for our final series on the Pyramid of Excellence. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. 
And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.